You are listening to the Freight Buyers Club, a home for those interested in international trade, shipping, procurement, logistics, and air freight. In fact, all things supply chain in the Americas, Asia, and beyond. Hello, I'm Mike King, and welcome to this News Insight episode of the Freight Buyers Club podcast. As missiles continue to be fired at ships by Houthi rebels in Yemen, today we're looking at the Red Sea shipping crisis. Joining me to discuss this is Alvin Fu, Special Assistant to the CEO at Demerco Express Group, and a man with almost four decades of box shipping and forwarding experience, including a lengthy stint heading CMA CGM Taiwan as General Manager. Hello, Alvin. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm very good. Happy New Year. Alvin, the Shanghai Containerized Freight Index was up over 40% week on week in week one of 2024 because primarily of events in the Middle East. This followed big jumps earlier in in December. And in fact, the Shanghai Containerized Freight Index was up 60% compared to a year earlier at the start of January. Lineolytical analysis on 31st of December found 262 container ships or around 12% of total global capacity had diverted away from the Red Sea and Suez Canal route to avoid these Houthi attacks on vessels. It's a very fluid situation. Uh, Some carriers are still putting some ships through the Suez Canal, others are rerouting. How does all of this look from your point of view and how are you advising Demerco customers? After multinational uh, navies led by the U.S. Navy form up uh, a coalition, uh, namely Operation uh, Prosperity, Guardian, vowing to protect the merchant vessels passing through uh, Bab al Mandab Strait into the Red Sea. Some carriers like the Merseline and CMACGM indeed decided to resume their transit via Suez Canal by end of December. Despite the Union uh, Navy convoy actions, the risk in the Red Sea remained high and unpredictable. Right after Houthi made another attempt, of firing missiles against the Merskline Hangzhou during her voyage in the Red Sea on December 30th. Merskline again announced to pause all transits through the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden until further notice. We cannot identify CMACGM is still one of the very few carriers who have managed to pass through the Red Sea and the Swiss Canal with good success under the convoy of French Navy in the Red Sea. As Houthi attacks on the merchant vessels are mainly in response to Israel's war against Hamas, we can expect that the terrorist attacks events won't come to an end until Israel ceasing fire against Hamas someday in the future. If you simply look at the six-day grounded incident of Ever Given in the Swiss Canal back to the year of 2021, you can easily imagine how worse the impact on the world trade this time will be down the road. Being on the front line as a logistics service provider for 52 years, the Miracle Express can always offer her customers and prospects all kinds of alternative solutions during any uh, critical time. Just to make clear for our listeners there, I mean, these Houthi attacks, they're ongoing. There was more anti-ship missiles fired at vessels in the Red Sea at the start of January. And the Houthi rebels are Iran-backed and what their end goal and aims and demands are are, are pretty unclear as we talk early January. Obviously, it's related to what's going on in Gaza, but exactly what they want 
and when they will stop is, is unclear. This is part of a, a bigger geopolitical play, most analysts would say, by Iran. But Alvin, in terms of what this means for shipments and shippers, what do these reroutings mean for transit times and shipment certainty on that key Asia-Europe trade lane? Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, in the standard Asia-Europe loop, a carrier normally uh, requires 12 vessels to run a round trip of uh, 84 days while a Swiss canal to keep weekly interval. Therefore, whenever a carrier needs to reroute the loop of service via a longer route via the Cape of Good Hope, instead of Swiss Canal, the additional 3,280 nautical miles will prolong the route's round trip from 84 to 105 days or more. In other words, it also implies that a carrier will need to deploy additional three to four vessels to keep the weekly uh, services. Since the incidents of uh, diversion from Swiss Canal to the Cape of Good Hope have come up so sudden that none of the three major alliances, that is the 2M, Ocean Alliance, and the THE, are able to reposition so many extra fleets from market in time. As a result, we can uh, roughly estimate that an imminent shortage of East and West capacity by 25 to 33% will soon become a, a daunting issue for all of us to deal with. Unfortunately, uh, a force at missing capacity will just fall on the, the weeks from uh, week number four or right before pre-Chinese New Year cargo rush period. I'll come back to some of those domino effects on the supply and demand of container vessels and container ships and equipment. But just first, in terms of the U.S. market, a lot of East Coast shipments are traditionally routed via the, the Suez Canal. Presumably, these are now going around the Cape too. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the traditional Asia-U.S. East Coast loops mostly are served via Panama Canal with only a very limited number of loops serving via Suez Canal. However, due to the uh, low water level in Panama Canal, THE Alliance has rerouted three of their old water loops for U.S. East Coast via Suez Canal since January this year. Similar to the issue that we have observed in the Asia-Europe loop, the transit time from Asia to uh, U.S. East Coast in general will increase by 10 to 14 days after the vessels are rerouted via the Cape of Good Hope. As far as we know, only THE have made its change on their old water loops via a Swiss canal instead of Panama Canal. So we suppose that impact on the overall cargo movements of U.S. East Coast bound will be a way less than those of European bound. So the main impacts on that Asia-Europe route. Um, when we look at the market more generally, Alvin, we, we've got this huge surplus of vessels compared to demand in 2024. That was the prediction. We also have more ships due for delivery this year. This disruption on the Red Sea into the Suez Canal, if this continues, that excess capacity we had all been expecting to play such a big part in this market in 2024, that will largely be absorbed by routings via the Cape. Now, we're already seeing container shipping stock prices and freight rates surge. Do you expect this to continue until shipping lanes via Suez are, uh, are fully protected once more? Yes, uh, you're right. According to uh, the Alphalander News report, the deliveries of the new vessels will be cascading down the market with the big growth uh, rates at the 7.9% and the 9.9% by 2023 
and 2024, respectively. Therefore, before the advent of the Red Sea crisis, most carriers felt they would have to struggle with a huge of surplus of vessels by attempting to take all kinds of schemes like GRI, blank sailing, slow steaming, detouring the vessels via the Cape of Good Hope, and the demolition of aged vessels, etc. Today, the events of terrorist attack on the merchant vessels are just like a glassy in disguise to most carriers. It really gives the carriers a big sigh of relief in the fight against a low stifling rates in the market. Even though we're just at the early stage of event, we've already seen that the market going rates for Europe Westbound are pushing up by hundreds and 80% compared with the ones in early December last year. Even the rates for the last impacted lands like uh, Trans-Pacific Eastbound for U.S. West Coast and the U.S. East Coast recently are also increased simultaneously by 40%. We can anticipate that a rate rising trend will last for a while for sure. The longer the stoppage in the Red Sea and the Suez Canal, the higher the rates will become. Meanwhile, we also need to beware of the spillover effect. When the market going race for Europe, MAD, Westbound keep pushing up, more carriers sure will consider to redeploy the vessels from those straight lanes where rates are relatively on the low side. What are the implications of all this disruption for, for port congestion and the logistics of having boxes in the right places in the coming weeks and months? Besides, of course, issues in space constraint and sky-high freight rate, the equipment shortage issues on Asia's side will soon appear as well. When more and more vessels are streaming into the destination in Europe at the same time, the carrier shore have to adjust the schedule of the vessels back to Asia in a very good order. By doing so, more vessels will be detained on the destination side, so will the back hole laden and empty boxes. As a result, more clients will soon run into impasse where the equipment, space, and uncontrollable rate issues will become their daily norm. Alvin, we've got factory closures for Chinese New Year in February. How do these events and these longer transit times, how do they impact plans for shippers? Yeah, well, uh, even if the carriers are forced to do more blank sailing uh, during a pre-Chinese New Year peak season, the carrier will most likely uh, keep accepting bookings, but only subject to uh, rollover. In other words, the shipper will have to accept at least two to three weeks of rollover at loading ports. And therefore, we highly recommend that the shipper should reserve longer lead time in their shipping planes. If they do have uh, some emerging cargoes to ship, they will have to consider buying the so-called priority go premium from the carriers to protect the bookings with top priority load. As far as I know, some carriers already offer a different uh, priority uh, go uh, policies and solutions with premium content ranging from, uh, say, uh, 1500 to 2000 US dollars per few, which may be uh, varied by trade length. So basically, expect less reliability, more cargo rollovers, or pay a premium uh, if you want to be guaranteed a service. Yes, you're right. Because uh, nowadays, after the two to three years of pandemic experience, 
the carrier actually are, are, are getting wiser and smarter to handle a, a situation like this by offering this kind of uh, optional solution to, to the customers. As you mentioned earlier, during the pandemic, we saw these big blockages happen and they affected supply chains really quickly. What other options are available for shippers? Are we seeing more interest in air, in rail into Europe, in maybe more interest in sea air options via the Middle East or elsewhere? Yeah, at least not for the time being. So uh, as far as I know, actually, uh, probably it's having to do with the global uh, economy slowdowns. Actually, uh, not too much shippers are too concerned about the shipping time or something like that. But anyway, we as a logistics service provider, however, were in the ever to help our clients and the new prospects to go through the difficult time by offering a variety of optional solutions. Not only can our clients fully rely on us to entrust their cargoes via our most trustworthy carriers, we can also be based on their uh, special needs to customize the most uh, suitable solutions such as cross-border rail service from China to uh, Europe. The CR options for major destinations in Europe, United States East Coast, and last but not least, our strongholds in air freight, etc. Alvin Fu, Special Assistant to the CEO at Demerco Express Group, thanks for joining me today on this News Insight special of the Freight Buyers Club podcast. Yeah, thank you for offering us such a precious opportunity to share what I've learned over the years working in the ocean shipping industry. Thank you, Mike.